You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters and Craig Morgan. We're at home as we're building our new, sounds like we're building it from scratch. It feels like we're building it from scratch. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> getting oh, our new- you guys. Yeah, getting our new office and studio ready to go. So we're here at home. How are you guys doing on this? Is it Wednesday too late for morning? me to get hip hip, hip surgery to, to pull <laughs> out on this? Oh, man, Everybody. feeling my age these last few days and moving the studio, man. I am old and I feel it. Ter- they be ter- the worst invite you can ever get and phone call you can get from a friend from college on up is, hey, I'm moving. Can you come over and help? It's the worst phone call ever. <laughs> Oh no, I'm busy that day and the next day. And <laughs> yeah, the next can't day. do it. Yeah. Better and move right here, guys. Yeah. Better and move. You have some surgery. Somehow you knew. Like I don't <laughs> understand. Pickleball yeah. again instead. Yeah. I, I'm all in. Oh man, I know. It's been a lot of physical labor the last week or so. But anywho, it feels like it's been forever since we've done a live show. Um you know, it's it's August in the NHL, but lucky for us, the World Juniors are going on right now, which still feels strange as we've talked about. And the quarterfinals start today. The first game is actually happening as we speak between Finland and Germany. Um, the other, other quarterfinal matchups, we got Sweden and Latvia, Canada and Switzerland. And then later tonight, the USA takes on Czechia in the quarterfinals. So exciting stuff ahead. And then we got the semifinal Friday and the golden bronze games on Saturday. So we're here in the final stretch of this tournament. And I thought is it because I'm watching the, the, the first quarterfinal game right now with Finland and Germany, I expected the crowds to start to pick up. I know we talked a lot about the crowds of this tournament and I know it's early morning in Edmonton right now, so I get it. And it's not Canada or the U S but my hope of the big crowds in the quarterfinals just did not happen. Germany was hanging. Germany was hanging tough with Finland. Uh, Finland just went up 4-2 in this game, but Germany was actually out shooting them in this game. So, you know, it's it's, it's been maybe a little more competitive than than I thought Germany would make it. Uh, Finland is always one of those teams that performs so well on the world stage. Uh, they're probably going to be in the semifinals since this game is in the third period, but this, is, this has been a pretty competitive game so far. 
Yep. And we got Austria and Slovakia out of the tournament. Bit of a disappointing tournament for Slovakia, given the fact they had the first two picks in the NHL draft. I think the timing of this tournament, we've talked about a lot of players opting not to play in this one. Um, and Austria, of course, not making it. But Latvia, we've had one upset so far. Latvia defeating Czechia 5-2 to two earlier in the tournament in the round robin. So kind of yeah. exciting. Yeah, we might have to uh, ask somebody about Austria's lack of success in the uh, World Junior. Do we know any Austrians? Hmm. Hmm. Trying to think if there might be any local Austrian. Hmm. Michael Grabner. (laughs) There you go. And go go ahead, Craig. You go. Michael Grabner (laughs) is going to join the show on Thursday at 11 a.m. live. So we can catch up with Grabs, uh, a fan favorite while he played here and still lives in the Valley because... He likes living in the Valley like many former NHL players. So I'm actually not going to be a part of this one. I've got some pre-scheduled interviews, but Petey and Leah will run the show. And, and Grabs is always entertaining to talk to. Petey, I think you, you've you been catching up with Grabs very recently, right? Yeah, I have. So we'll get to talk about that tomorrow on the show and what he's up to now and what I'm I'm actually an employee of Michael Grabner's right now. So we'll talk about that. I should be working You're on like fifth, your fifth job. My, yeah. <laughs> Better not involve bodybuilding, buddy, because you, you got no chance. No. Hey, maybe – yeah, maybe that can be your excuse to not come and move furniture. It's like, oh, actually, yeah. sorry, my other job is my coming. other job. One of my many other jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So really excited to talk. Yeah, to looking to catch up. With them. Tomorrow. Fun. Yeah. Tomorrow live 11 a.m. on the PHN Sports YouTube channel. Tune in. Same place. Just tomorrow. Same, same, same place, same time tomorrow. Um, but back to the current World Juniors at hand. Um, we were really lucky yesterday. Craig and I got to speak with John Rosen, who, and he gives his whole intro in the interview, but he used to work with the LA Kings broadcast. As some Coyotes fans are familiar with him that way, he now works for the NHL Network and is actually part of the broadcast team in Edmonton for the NHL Network for the World Juniors. So he's has eyes on every game. Great insight from him, and we'll get to that in just a second. But any any thoughts from the interview, Craig, before we send it over to the interview, just for some things people can look for? Well, I, I teased this uh, in a tweet that we might have talked to Johnny a little bit about uh, those LA Kings days. Uh, he was there when the Coyotes were playing the Kings in the Western Conference Final in 2012. And, of course, Dustin Brown is probably – public enemy number one for Coyotes fans. And Dustin Brown is going to have a statue erected of himself out in front of Crypto.com Arena. We might have talked to Johnny a little bit about that, as as well as reminiscing on some other things before we got his take on the World Juniors. Yep, and that is something Petey and I spent a whole episode about while Craig was (laughs) gone with his surgery. So it's a hot topic. So we talked to John about the LA Kings a little bit. And of course, about the tournament, we ask about why the crowd sizes are so small. I know that's been something that people are wondering about and kind of get an evaluation of Team USA, Team Canada, Bedard, Cooley, pretty much everything you want to know. Um, He's really thorough. So I think we should send it over to our interview with John. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Well, here is our interview with John Rosen. We got a pre-recorded segment previewing the world junior championship quarterfinals john of course you are there coyotes fans are probably familiar with john rosen who covered the kings for fox sports west before the team hired him i was at fox sports arizona we spent a a few days together back then became the face and voice behind the popular site la kings insider and now john is currently a reporter for nhl network is part of the broadcast team covering the world junior championship in edmonton so john first off how's life in the wild and volatile world of sports media 
Uh, no, it's it's good right now. It's awesome. Like NHL Network has uh, has given me a terrific assignment. This is my first World Juniors. Uh, as long as we, you know, don't mention the uh, attempt at the December tournament from uh, back in 2021. Um, but it's been incredible to be able to represent them. Obviously, you know, it's it's uh, you know a challenging space. Um, you know, there's uh, you know Lisa Laflemme was a, a very highly respected. Uh, CTV uh, a broadcaster who recently, uh, uh, whose fate, you know, befell so many reporters and yeah. broadcasters in the United States. So that's been one talking point up here in Edmonton. But uh, awesome to be here. Awesome to uh, cover the U.S. and the rest of the tournament. This is still one of those events that I have never covered, and I hope to get the opportunity at some point soon. We'll get to the WJC in a minute. But I, I got to backtrack a little bit on some Kings news. You already know what's coming here. <laughs> so Coyotes fans in particular had a, a predictable reaction to the announcement that Dustin Brown was not only having his name, name raised to the Raptors, but they were going to construct a statue in his honor outside of the arena. So first off, did Dustin Brown deserve that statue? And second, can you confirm that it will depict him slew footing another player? It's, it's actually an exact replication of the hit he made. Thigh on thigh hit on Rusty <laughs> Klesla. Um, but no, absolutely he deserves one. Um, you know, Stanley Cup, two-time Stanley Cup winner, his team captain, uh, lifted it twice on Staples Center. The funny thing is, is that there's already, no one's talking about this. There's already a friggin' uh, a statue of Dustin Brown up outside Staples Center. Um, they built a... Uh, kind of a montage uh, sort of mural um, that made by the same sculptors, uh, the Amranis, uh, outside Staples Center. It's between um, the parking lot and uh, the entrance, the media entrance to Staples, right by the loading dock. Uh, it's kind of a montage of lots of L.A. Kings greats. And the like the climax of this of this statue is Brown holding the Stanley Cup. So uh, absolutely he deserves one. And also something to keep in mind. Uh, is that there, there's like a disproportionate number of King statues. It's because AEG owns the land. AEG owns the Kings. They can absolutely make as many statues as they want. Uh, I just hope we get a Kobe statue as soon as possible. That is overwhelmingly uh, the statue that is, is so clearly uh, missing from right now. But when you talk about the Kings greats, there's Gretzky, there's Robitaille, there's Bob Miller, uh, who's sitting down uh, at a table. Uh, in addition to the uh, Oscar De La Hoya and the uh, the Shaq slamming uh, slam dunk uh, right over the entrance, yeah. uh, VIP entrance. So uh, absolutely, Brownie deserves one. I, and I'm on board with you. I get it. I, I understand the importance of the captain, of course. The the Kings and Coyotes did not have such a great relationship mm-hmm. back then. So that that that's the reason why. That's why fans are fans. But anyway, we know you're in Edmonton to cover the World Junior Championship. Um, but rumor has it that there are a few Everett Silver Tips in this event. There's some connections there. Does that have any meaning to you, John? Yeah, it does. I, you know, I, I worked at uh, at both Michigan, Michigan Hockey, and the broadcast team there, and at the Everett Silver Tips. I'm no, I'm not a partisan. There's no right way to get to the National Hockey League. Um, but absolutely, Everett, I found in working there to be the A number one model U.S. franchise uh, in Major Junior Hockey. Uh, and some of the players there is a terrific performance so far from Olin Zellweger, uh, who yesterday, Connor Bedard said he's crazy good. Uh, Michal Gut on this Czech team that the U.S. will face. He's actually using purple sticks uh, to help support and raise money for a, uh, a teammate, Pavel Novak, who also played in the Western Hockey League, uh, who earlier this summer uh, underwent a cancer diagnosis. So 
those players, uh, you know, Casper Pudio, who I've liked as well from uh, from from Team Finland, and uh, Ronan Seely also on Team Canada. So uh, good to see them. The original uh, OG silver tip to get named to the World Juniors was Leland Irving back uh, in 2007, former Calgary Flames first round draft pick. How, how much time do you have? I can keep going on like silver. <laughs> I know tips you can. <laughs> It'll be so, a separate show, John. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to ask you, because besides the, the on-ice play in this tournament, another thing that's been taking Twitter by storm has been the crowd sizes at this tournament, at least from the preliminary rounds. It seemed like the crowds were pretty small. Do you have a sense of why that is? Because I think it's been a little bit of a source of embarrassment for the city of Edmonton, and it's not what we're used to when we see a World Junior Tournament, especially one played in Canada. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there are a lot of factors and it's mildly complicated, but still disappointing. Um, obviously, we're in Canada. We're in the most hockey mad city, probably in Alberta, uh, Edmonton, a terrific sports city. But there are a couple factors here. Um, the first would probably be the, uh, I guess, the lack of awareness right now. Of course, this is the tournament that is replacing the uh, 2021 December tournament uh, called the 22 World Junior Championship. Um, that was canceled because of uh, the testing protocol in the middle of the uh, Omicron wave. Um, that uh, resulted in only one U.S. game, a 3-2 to two win over Slovakia. Um, but right now, uh, there was some internal polling by tournament organizers, and people were just not as aware that this uh, tournament was going on in August. That contrasts with what you usually have, which is kind of a, a cultural event throughout Canada. Uh, on Boxing Day and throughout the New Year's when people are not working quite as much. It's, it's when families get together. It's when people have the TV on. And for many days, nonstop, there's hockey on. So that's why December tournaments, you see the, the packed crowds. You'll see that probably again when we get to Moncton and Halifax uh, in December. Um, but uh, those, those factors, and, and you can't overlook the fact that it's, it's really nice in Edmonton right now. Uh, people living here say... We only get about two or three really nice months of weather a year, and people take advantage of it. People are uh, up at their cottages and up at the lakes right now. Um, you know, and also the you know the hockey Canada scandal and, and their reckoning is something that's not helping at all either. And that's why you're not seeing a lot of uh, you're not seeing it. Very very few Canadian companies, no Canadian companies on the Dasher boards uh, for this tournament right now as they pulled out. So um, it's a it's it's. Uh, it's disappointing, but the players, they're living with it. I asked a couple players on the Czech team what it meant to go up against Slovakia in a you know, practically empty building, and they said it doesn't matter. When we play Slovakia, it's Czech against Slovakia, and they'll play them anywhere. Um, for the U.S. teams and some of the coaches, they do say it sounds like it seems like a little bit of a hybrid tournament, um, but so far the hockey's been good, and, uh, and we're ready to go. Fun part starts now uh, as we get to uh, the knockout rounds. So diving into that, um, so Russia obviously isn't in this tournament. So with them out and the way the group shaked out, you know, it, it's barring any upsets, it was kind of easy to predict how it would shake out. Do you see a chance for any upsets in the quarterfinals at all? Or do you think the real intrigue of the competition is going to begin in the semifinals? More likely uh, the latter, but there are some possibilities. Um, you know, the United States, uh, the dominating, you know, plus 18 goal differential, uh, actually got uh, probably the, what would look like on paper as the toughest quarterfinal matchup. They get Czechia 
because the Czechs in their final game lost to Latvia in the biggest upset we've seen at this tournament. Their first preliminary round World Juniors win, first time to the quarterfinals for Latvia. Uh, so that's been a terrific story. And, and they look good in some other games, too. It wasn't just against the Czechs. Keep in mind, too, that Belarus was also expelled, uh, you know, whether we I'm not sure if we should say it temporarily for the time being they have been expelled and they were the number one team in division 1a so Latvia was the number two team uh, it wasn't even the top team from the uh, uh, division 1a tournament that was brought up so uh, terrific credit to the Latvians but sorry for the very roundabout way to go and answer this question uh, check uh, you know I know the U.S. deeply respects their skill there are 12 drafted players on this Czech team um, so I, I still think that you know my my Probably trendy pick, I guess, before the tournament was Finland, um, just because they've been together since uh, yeah. July. I believe it was like July 11th, beginning of July, um, and they didn't lose any real, you know, anybody from their uh, from their December roster. Um, so we thought, the, you know, as the Finns tend to do, really punch above their weight in these types of tournaments, that they would be excellent. Um, you know, they had a good control of the game for the first five, seven minutes against Canada in their final preliminary game. But when you do that, you got to score against Canada. They weren't able to do so. And uh, they ended up down three nothing after the first period. So uh, looking at them, uh, there could be a challenge there against Germany. Uh, Germany, uh, they, they finished above Switzerland in Group B. That's a pretty respectable showing in the group stages. Had a good effort against Sweden a couple of nights ago. So that might be uh, one that you're looking at, but you know Switzerland's not going to beat Canada. Sweden has been a tiny bit underwhelming, but that's a stretch to think Latvia can continue their Cinderella run. So I, I would say if there's one that's probably more likely, you could see uh, Germany over Finland. Germany had a you know a good near upset uh, back in, uh, in in the December tournament. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting, but I think you're still likely to see the the four powers uh, emerge from this round. So Coyotes fans are invested in Logan Cooley in this tournament, obviously the top pick for the Coyotes in the 2022 draft. What have you thought of his game so far in this tournament? And what did you think of his smack talk before the game against Sweden? You know, it was actually a little bit of a controversy. You know, it was brought up quite a bit on TSN uh, during the uh, lead up to the Sweden game. You know, it's, it's either what type of, uh, I guess, uh, you know, how you align yourself. Is it something that, you say, it's, don't give the other team any bulletin board material or, hey, this is hockey. We need more flavor in hockey. We need more personality. He did exactly that. The interesting thing was, is that, you know, in, in my experience with with Logan and, in, 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 you know, this started, I guess, probably, Craig, when we were together back at the draft in these interviews, he kind of keeps things closer to the vest. You know, he's been you know well-trained and an intelligent kid uh, headed, of course, to the University of uh, Minnesota this coming year. Um, but it, it seemed it's something that we were talking about, like, well, where did this come from? Um, but as, as yeah. for his play, uh, one goal, five points in the first four games, attempted a couple uh, of the uh, uh, Mike Legs, the Michigan uh, lacrosse-style goals. Uh, they did not work out, but, you know, you're not going to see that happen coming up into this, uh, this next round uh, coming up. So I think when, when you look at him, it's the overall quality of the line. Uh, Matt Nyes, uh, Matt Coronado, he's been skating with. Uh, so I, I think that has probably been the U.S.'s best line. And even someone like Nyes, who's a second-round Toronto draft pick, who would be a first-rounder if you re redid the draft, uh, he is 
an absolute bull who goes and makes hits. They have been excellent on the forecheck. Uh, they have been creating the best U.S. chances, and it you know manifested itself in two um, Coronado goals. Uh, he's a first-rounder of the Calgary Flames. Uh, the second goal, beautiful little dish from Logan Cooley that, you know, if, if the net wasn't there, that would have probably stopped rolling in Wetaskiwin, Alberta. Absolute <laughs> laser beam into the top quarter. So uh, he's, he's looked as you would expect. Um, and one of those players that if the U.S. is really, you know, going to make their name in this tournament, that's my way of saying if they're going to win this thing, uh, he's going to have to probably, you know, come up with, a, you know, another four points over these next three games. John Rosen flexing his Alberta geography knowledge there. <laughs> I like that. I couldn't help wondering, you know, when Luke, Logan Cooley said that, I couldn't help wondering if he was parroting what they heard from the coaching staff. And, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I haven't been able to ask him. But anyway, I was curious for your overall impressions of Team USA. When you look at this team, what are its chances for gold? What, what, what has to happen for them to get there? What might prevent them from getting there? Goaltending and goaltending. Uh, this team, systems play, the way that they are playing to their identity, their north-south game, their forecheck, they have been monsters. They have been one of the most impressive teams, probably apart from Canada, maybe as much as Canada, uh, playing maybe a little bit above their collective uh, best uh, so far in this tournament. Nate Lehman is an excellent coach. Mm. There are, of course, the back, you know, they're trying to go back to back as gold medalists in this tournament. Um, but when you talk about this USA team, it's their depth and it's quality depth. They can roll four lines and put their fourth line out against other teams' skilled lines. Um, so they play the same way. Logan Cooley might be the most, I guess, east-west guy, but this is still a team that relies on the forecheck, relies on their heaviness, and they have four lines that are fast, that go to the net, and are very, very good at making life difficult for the opposing goaltenders in terms of getting traffic in front, banging around in the crease, and they're doing it without getting a ton of crease violations. I think we've only seen one so far from this United States team so far in this tournament. So um, their best players have been quite good, you know, the nice Cooley Coronado line. Um, but then even the role players have come through. Riley Duran was not, ex you know, he was a, among the very last players added to this roster, plays for Lehman at Providence College, where he was just a, you know, a half point per game player this past year. He's found a really nice niche. He's been a point per game in this tournament uh, and other players. Carter Mazur, I've been talking a lot about the Red Wings draft picks, too, in this tournament. He's been excellent. Red Savage, another player that gets to the net. Thomas Bordalo, uh, really praised by Nate Lehman uh, after the win over Sweden. Uh, arguably the best face-off artist in this tournament. So uh, really a group that is the better than the collective sum of their parts right now. But it's going to come down to goaltending. Caden Burko had been very good. Uh, up until the third period of the win over Sweden, and then his uh, his glove hand uh, seemed to let him down just a little bit. This was, of course, the, the big question going into the tournament for USA, was the goaltending. Drew Comesso, who started the game, was expected to get the starts in this tournament, started the one game back in the December tournament, um, chose not to participate in this tournament so he could prepare for his season upcoming at Boston University. So, um, with uh, Dylan Silverstein also unavailable for this tournament. That left uh, the crease in the hands of Caden Burko. Um, you know, a, a player uh, out of Aspen, uh, Colorado, comes from a family uh, descent from Zimbabwe. His father was a terrific rugby player uh, when he was growing up as well. So it's, it's interesting. They like Caden uh, Burko. They like the way he portrays himself in the dressing room. All the players feel comfortable. He's loud. He never felt out of place uh, from what we're hearing. So, 
It's whether he can continue to show the same type of performance he's had. He's got about a, you know, 133 save percent, or excuse me, that wouldn't be good. A 133 goals against average. Um, so that's, uh, you know, he has done what's asked of him. And it wasn't really until, uh, you know, the third period when, uh, you know, the, the pucks were glancing in off of his glove that, that you saw, uh, you know, perhaps a little bit of, of concern shape out a little bit. So uh, that's what it comes down to. Can he still provide them quality goaltending while the rest of the team out there that's been playing so well, playing to their identity, continues to drive the net and, and get offense from playing simple hockey? I'm not going to ask you about every team, and I do agree with what you said about Finland. Finland is always a team that I keep an eye on in these sorts of tournaments, but the same breakdown, if you would, for Team Canada. Is there a flaw on this roster? You know, I think their goaltending can be uh, a question at times as well, but Dylan Grand was, uh, was excellent, uh, you know, throughout much of the, uh, the Finland game and kept them in it earlier with some big saves in the first period while the team kept finding their legs. I think they are beatable. Um, and, you know, <laughs> the story has been Connor Bedard and Mason McTavish. They've had the two most impressive players so far at this tournament. So, obviously, this is a, a Team Canada team that, you know, even though they don't have a, an Owen Power uh, out there, that still has plenty uh, of talent that would make them the tournament favorites. Uh, I asked Mason McTavish yesterday, uh, Team Canada is, is always the most skilled team in these tournaments. Do you use games like Finland as measuring sticks? Do you even have measuring sticks against other teams in the tournament? And he said, absolutely. He talked about Finland's power play and how they were able to shut that down uh, in the game. And that was a, a major key late in the game when, when Finland had uh, over a minute of a five on three and, and didn't score on either end of the power plays. So, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I think... Um, what we saw yesterday from Connor Bedard was special. Uh, he scored the goal that put uh, Canada up 3 nothing, And it wasn't just the laser beam. Like, he can wire it. Like, absolute, just top-corner beauty that he scored uh, on Merrill Lane and, and yesterday's, or excuse me, on uh, the game two days ago. Um, but, you know, it was a way that he received the pass from McTavish. Uh, the uh, Finnish defender had a stick on it. It deflected onto his stick. And in stride, he didn't even slow down. He was able to knock a bouncing puck down, drive down the wing. And that's such a difficult thing to do, to shoot with that type of velocity while on a rush, going near full speed. Absolutely gifted player. And he's been, as expected, terrific in this tournament. Another player that maybe, uh, you know, uh, if you're following along, you know the McTavishes, you know the, you know, the Connor Bedards. Olin Zellweger, uh, like McTavish, a Ducks prospect, has been quite good at the blue line. Another player uh, good at keeping it simple, really good at walking that tightrope on the blue line and getting pucks through traffic to the front of the net where they can be deflected. I uh, saw the Canada open uh, their scoring yesterday, two days ago on a, such a play like that. So um, players uh, are emerging, and uh, it looks like we'll see a grand once again when we get to the semifinals and they take on Switzerland. So you touched on um, some of the standouts for Canada and the USA. Are there any other standouts in this tournament so far? And are there any players, you know, obviously we all knew Connor Bedard and McTavish coming into this tournament, but are there any players who maybe weren't as known who have been standouts to you so far? Team Latvia. Uh, there are players that are going to be going into NCAA hockey this coming year, but players that were uh, in the USHL this past year, uh, Martin Lavins uh, is somebody that was outstanding. He's headed to uh, St. Cloud State. You could see and feel his emotion after Latvia's historic win over the Czech Republic. 
He was the one that told all of us they were about to go celebrate by eating some ice cream and getting into a late night FIFA tournament. Um, uh, other players, Ralph's Bergman's, uh, he had a hat trick against the Czech Republic, real unsung player who's going to be going to the University of Vermont this coming year. I mean, I can't go this far. To, you talk about Latvia without bringing up Bogdan's hot ass. Uh, he's been very, very good. And it's not just, uh, you know, the win over the Czech Republic. I thought Latvia looked excellent against Team Canada. You saw uh, Lavins have a huge hit in that game. Um, they have looked good in every game, nearly beat Slova Slovakia as well uh, in a game that was it wasn't decided until the fifth shooter in the shootout. So they've been great. Uh, looking out a couple other teams, I mentioned Riley Duran for the U.S. Uh, and Carter Mazur. You know, someone like Casper Putio has, has been a good force on that Finland power play. Fabian Lysel, I mean, he's not an unsung guy. He's a first-round draft pick of the Boston Bruins. Important to bring his name up for Boston. Just absolutely lightning quick, great edges, terrific skater, uh, shooter and a playmaker, gets things done in the offensive zone. It was terrific in the playoffs this past year for the, uh, for the Vancouver Giants of the WHL. So uh, interesting, interesting stories here. And, and again, you know, I, I go back and I worked with, uh, you know, Daryl Sutter for about six years with the LA Kings. And he, he gave us, uh, we called it Sutter's Law, how you win in tournaments. You know, it's the star players. It's the special teams. It's the whether you get some help or are affected by the officials. It's goaltending and also the unsung players. So interesting to see who can be unsung coming up in this round. If you look at this U.S. team, they have the depth to be able to pluck a couple of guys out of their hat. Last question for you, Johnny, because I know we get, you got a busy day. And thank you for sticking through all My of pleasure. this. But I know it's tradition, and we talked about this at the top of the interview, to hold this in the winter, and we'll have another tournament, as you mentioned, in four and a half months, which is just crazy on the other side of Canada. But what are your thoughts? What are the pros and cons of a summer event versus a winter holiday event? I, I, lo I love it regardless of when it's played, but absolutely has to be played in the winter. This is what a lot of people acknowledge is Canada's tournament. Uh, obviously, uh, all hockey fans and the, the passionate hockey fans in the United States are very well aware of it and follow it religiously. And, and ditto for some of the you know countries like Sweden, Finland. Uh, people are very following closely along. Uh, it's somewhat tough out there because some of these games are in three, four in the morning uh, for, for these countries. But absolutely, it has to be played in December. It's the tradition. It is when Canada comes together and when there is just the you know, the understanding, the common knowledge that you can sit in front of the TV as a family during holiday time and watch the best prospects in the world play against each other. So it, it's like a, a cultural event here in Canada, uh, almost like, a, you know, you would compare it to March Madness in the United States. So, you know, it, it's it's something where if, if you had March Madness in, you know, November or something, it would be just feel off a little bit. So let's let's do it in December. Hope to be back bringing you uh, the same uh, knowledge and having the same chat from either Moncton or Halifax coming up four months from now. Well, we'd love to have you back on then, John. Thank you so much for your time. A lot of great knowledge and insight, and I can't wait to watch the medal rounds now, and uh, people can hear you on the broadcast for NHL Network. So thanks so much again for your time. Deeply appreciate it. Always fun to chat and uh, fun to see where the Coyotes are going and, and what Logan Cooley does this coming season. It's going to be uh, exciting for him as he plays with Matt Nyes uh, in Minnesota and then how he uh, adapts to the NHL game beyond. So excited to see him and the other Coyotes prospects. And thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you to John Rosen for his time yesterday. I don't think we could have asked for a better breakdown of 
the world juniors <laughs> so far and what we can look for. And a lot of love to some Arizona related players. We, you know, Logan Cooley, but also Matthew Nyes and Red Savage, who isn't really from here, but I think he was born here, right? Well, so, he was. He played a yeah. little time there. Yeah. Yeah. So lots Not of lots lot, of but- Lots of Arizona connections and cool that, you know, we've had Matthew Nyes on the show as well, that Cooley and Nyes are on a line together and they've been really productive. So something to look for going forward into the rest of the tournament. Hopefully um, the USA makes a deep run past the quarterfinals. They're currently favorites against Czechia tonight. Uh, minus 700 on the money line, in fact. Um, pretty pretty solid odds there, but... Um, you can bet on all the games today. Sweden is min- minus 1,400 against Latvia. If you think Latvia is going to take Sweden, you can get them at plus 750 on the money line on DraftKings. Um, the over-under for Canada and Switzerland is set at 7.5, so you can expect a high-scoring game there. All these things you can bet on on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. There's more than just over-unders, money lines. You can do 60-minute line, ties, all alternative things, all this stuff on DraftKings. Um, seriously, so much you can do makes it more fun to watch the World Juniors, in my opinion. So get on there if you haven't already. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and we're almost at college football season as well. So I think ASU starts two weeks from tomorrow. So you want to get in on DraftKings now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So check that out. What do you guys think today? John said he doesn't expect any upsets in the quarterfinals. Do you agree or can you see any upsets happening today? We just saw Germany officially lose to Finland, by the way. So Coyotes prospect Max Zuber is now out of the tournament. One I thought was the greatest chance for an upset. I do think you can't overlook the Czechs. They've they're they're experienced on the stage. I know these particular players aren't, but this is a nation that has had some success. I d- I don't think that roster is all that strong uh, uh, compared to past renditions of of the Czechs. But uh, the Americans have to be careful. I I don't see an upset in those either other other two games. But the Americans have to be careful here. And make sure that they uh, they show up, take care of business because they are the better team. Yeah, you look at the depth of the Americans. I think that's just their strength. They play a straight-ahead 200-foot game. They get pucks to the net. They crash the net hard. They do the little things right. They still play with some speed. I really like this American team and how deep they are. The one issue that you brought up is Caden and Barico and, and what can he do in the net? He hasn't been challenged as much as he's going to over the next few games um, and through this weekend if they can advance through Chechia. So the goaltending is the only big question mark for me. He's a guy that you didn't look at. Caden Embarico was a guy that we weren't expecting to be in the tournament for the American playing games, but with the, you saw Camesso did not play in the tournament, so the hole was open and, and he's been playing well. It's just he hasn't been tested as much as you'd like to see a guy at this stage, but neither has you know the other big four. So we'll see. Um, I like the Americans and Canadians to move on and, and hope they get to play sometime against each other because that's the matchup you always want to see in this tournament. Yes, it absolutely is the matchup. It's just so fun that there's hockey on all day long today on, on a Wednesday in August. Like what more can you ask for um, genuinely? And hopefully we get to see some more Connor Bedard highlight reel goals, some more Logan Cooley highlight reels. Um, he's been making an impact, not just 
on goals, but around the ice as well. So great opportunity for Coyotes fans. The USA have that primetime slot tonight. So I think it's 7.30 Arizona time. You can check out that game later today. And while you're doing that, you can also crack open a Four Peaks while you watch that game. Nothing like a little bit of a hockey and beer. Um, we love Four Peaks. Two weeks from today, we'll actually be there again for Four Peaks Wednesday. Um, the last Wednesday of every month, August 31st, we'll be broadcasting our show live at Four Peaks. Um, we've seen a few of you already. Charles has come the last couple times. So come on down to Four Peaks on August 31st. We'll be there. Um, and we're also looking for our next toast of the month. There goes the, there, there goes the street racers been a while um (laughs) we're looking for our next toast of the month sweepstakes winner super easy to enter you just go to gophnx.com or click on the link in our show notes you could win a 50 dollars four peaks gift card a phnx shirt of your choice and a phnx annual membership great prize pack you must be 21 or older and enjoy four peaks responsibly as well well we got a couple anything else on the world juniors no, no just tune in today. Yeah, look yeah, at the games. Look, yeah, now it now it matters, right? This, yeah. this, this is what we've been waiting for because you know there were some teams in this tournament that just didn't have a chance, and now, especially after they get, they get through this round, but the games are more meaningful now. Yeah, absolutely. This is what it's all about here, and it's it's going to pick up really quick because it's today, and then we got Friday and Saturday, and then it's done. So exciting week of hockey ahead. A couple notes um, on the Coyote side of things. We just literally, as we went live, got the alert that Maverick Lamoureux signed his entry-level contract. I know it's pretty standard, but exciting to get him on the books. Yeah, I think that makes 45 contracts now for the Coyotes, um, so close to the max of 50. Um most teams leave a little bit of flexibility there. The Coyotes still need to sign Barrett Hayton. I still think they're going to bring in another goaltender. And I think Bill Armstrong's probably leaving a slot or two available in case there's another one of those bad contracts or two that gets shipped out by a team as we get closer to camp in the regular season. So pretty much set in terms of, of what we're going to see for the Coyotes, uh, you know, roster wide throughout the organization now. Yep. And they've got, Lamaru sign. They've got Geeky sign. And as a reminder, we've said it before, but Cooley will not be signing an entry-level contract because it will disqualify him from his NCAA eligibility. So don't be alarmed that you haven't seen that signing go through yet or anything like that. But everything seems to be on track for where we are in the summer. Another move that's made, and we'll dive more into this, is the Tucson Roadrunners have officially named their head coach. Of course, Jay Verity left to go take an assistant job with the Detroit Red Wings. So Steve Potvin has been named the Tucson Roadrunners next head coach, which is extremely exciting. Also a guest, former guest of the program. And he will be a guest once again on Friday live at 11 a.m. So full of guests this week, uh, literally a guest on every single live show, but Steve Potvin will be joining us live on Friday at 11 a.m. on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel to talk about his new gig. So really excited to be joined by him. I think this one, at least to us, wasn't too big of a surprise. Yeah. Was there anybody else really ever in the running for this job? It, it sounds like this was made, this decision was made fairly early and they they were just hammering out details. So that that that's good. Potts is obviously served in this role before when Jay Verity came up during the bubble season, was on the bench with the Coyotes when they had the taxi squad and they needed an extra body up here. And obviously Rick Tockett was really high on him, but, but Potts has done this and Potts has gained a lot of respect from some of the players, you know, down that, 
down in Tucson that he's helped develop over the years. Uh, Connor Garland, not the least of which, you know, credits him with really helping turn his game around. So it made sense on a lot of fronts that Steve Potvin would re- reprise this role. And yeah, and you know, they, it's easy. Oh no, it's just easy to get a guy that knows the organization, knows the people, know the players involved, know know what the development path looks like for the franchise, what they're trying to do with these guys. He's familiar with the players, the city. It's just a really easy transition. And Steve Potvin, one of his strengths is the one-on-one development time. And you mentioned that with Connor Garland. That's the kind of guy he is. He was a skills development guy before he came in to his role with Tucson. I think it's it's the right move. Um, not only is it the easy move, it's the right move. He's the right guy for the job right now. I think he's he's a polished sharp communicator it's it's going to be uh, an easy transition for him as you said he's already been there before so i'm looking forward to getting him back in on friday and talking about a little roadrunner hockey absolutely and today the roadrunners also announced they've named the assistant coach to fill poppin's role um zach stortini has been named assistant coach he was previously an associate coach with the sudbury wolves in the ohl he was um, an nhl draft pick played time in the american hockey league as well so you know, everything's starting to to shake out, and we're just two months now away from the NHL season starting. So, you know, we're kind of in that time where things are moving slowly, but things are happening. So it's exciting for sure. Um, and we're really excited to get into our new space. It'll be a couple weeks here. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for everybody to see it. But I know that we need a little bit more decoration in the office. It's a bigger space. Might need some more Coyotes bobbleheads for our set. And I'm going to check out FOCO.com because that's the place to get bobbleheads, in my opinion. They're the leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. FOCO has got you covered with the best Arizona merchandise. They've officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. Head on over to FOCO, that's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link below in the description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHNX for 10% off anything else before we head out today oh, i wish i could be part of the uh michael grabner conversation yeah tomorrow. I'm, I'm a little bummed that i'm gonna miss that one but uh glad you guys can catch up with him and it'll be uh, i'm interested to hear what grabs has to say i always enjoyed talking to him he was always a great interview He's a positive guy. He brings a lot of yeah. positive energy. There's not a guy that's going to complain about anything. So I th- I'm curious to see his his thoughts on on the new arena because we're going to get a chance to to talk to a guy that actually played in the league. What he thinks about the building, what he's up to now. I think it's going to be a great catch up. And I do want to talk to him about the penalty kill. So we're going to ask him some questions. Yeah, he's I saw. I saw. A, I think earlier Charles said PK legend I Michael that. Grabner. That I mean. When I think of Michael Ravner as a Coyotes player, I think of the penalty kill. That was just an amazing thing to witness that season. So we'll definitely ask him about that. Before we go, Craig, you got anything coming to gophnx.com this week? Yeah, I've just got a story previewing the fact that Tempe City staff will deliver their their findings, their research, and any updates with negotiations with the Coyotes to City Council. In executive session on Thursday, there will be a public meeting afterward. Unfortunately, and as these things go, none of none of that information will be discussed in the public meeting. It's still under wraps. This is a private negotiation at this point. Will be. Nope. <laughs> oh, there's Craig. Oh, He's no. a, he is not there. So. Well, no, well. now he's muted himself on. <laughs> he's still muted. <laughs> that yep. was weird. My headphones just decided to quit on me right in the middle of my conversation. <laughs> of course. Um, but. Um, there, there, there's going to be public discussion of this. That's that's the big step, really, that's coming in. And actually already started. If you saw that meeting in South Tempe that Javier Gutierrez spoke at on Monday, 
the, the city wants to solicit a lot of public feedback. That's a really important part of this process. But of course, as Randy Keating told us when he was on the show just three weeks ago, ideally, they'd love to have this wrapped up by Halloween. We'll see if they can stick to that time frame. He made the point that it's it, it's better to get it done by then because during the holiday season, you know, you don't have as much chance for public comment because people are busy with, with their families and doing all the things that they do during the holiday. So in an ideal world, Halloween would be the date. We'll see. But a, a lot of bridges to cross, obviously, before that happens. Yep. A lot. It's two months away also, just like the NHL season, Halloween's in just over two months. So lots to look forward to with that. You can read Craig's article at gophnx.com as well as all of Craig's stories and all the stories of all the talented writers here at PHNX. Um, so check it out if you haven't. Also, if you're a baseball fan, you haven't checked out the D-backs unscripted video on our YouTube channel. It's amazing. Even if you're not a baseball fan, I got a kick out of it. It's a new series we're launching um, hopefully we'll get some coyote stories in there as well. So check that out. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, PHNX Sports, and become a member at gophnx.com. Sign up for an AL membership and get a shirt from the locker when you sign up. Or you can try your first month for just 50 cents and do month to month and join our members-only Discord as well. We have a lot of fun in there. We chat in there daily. So it's a great time to become a member. Hockey season's just around the corner, and there's always stuff going on with Arizona sports and PHNX Sports has you covered for all of it. So subscribe to YouTube, follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms, and please like and subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We'll be back live tomorrow with Michael Grabner at 11 a.m. and live on Friday with Steve Popvin at 11 a.m. So lots of great guests this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for chiming in in the comments. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow.